The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, we were talking with Gord Steinke from Global, and he was telling the story about being in San Francisco, and uh, he was mistakenly uh identified, recognized at uh, one time as Bill Clinton. The the waiter's like, oh, you look like Bill Clinton. And the other one was uh, Blake Shelton, the country music singer. So I was asking you, have you ever been mistaken for somebody, number one? Or the other question is when you've been traveling, when you've been away, who have you met that's famous? Some of your texts coming in this afternoon. Uh, Vic says, my brother-in-law lived out in Vancouver a number of years ago. His friend was a dog sitter for some important people. They needed some mountain bikers to go riding with a guy making a movie. Turns out it was Robin Williams. Love the picture that they got at the end of the ride. That was from Vic. And I thought this one was funny. He said, uh, in 1998, when the Backstreet Boys played at Commonwealth Stadium, I went to Mill Creek Pool the next day and two little girls were around nine years old, screamed their hearts out thinking I was Brian or B-Rock. The place was packed and everyone looked at me. I told them I wasn't him, but they didn't believe me. We chatted and had some uh, laughs. Their mom wasn't sure if I was him or not. When I was leaving, though, the girls asked if I could have a hug. So I smiled, gave them a hug. I was It was so cute and a very humbling experience. Just be kind to people. Uh, and this one says dot, dot, dot. And yes, Gord does look a little bit like Bill Clinton. Uh, and this one mistaken for Brad Pitt during the time he, oh, I can't read your text. I don't know what it says there. So uh, Bruce is on the line here. Hi, Bruce. Good day. Are you a lookalike? I, go, I, I had a look, I have a lookalike now because I'm, I'm 70 something. And uh, I've been mistaken for Lee Trevino, the golfer, because I'm short of throat and short and little gray hair. And I wear the hat like Bill or like, um, uh, pardon me, like Lee. And they said, God, you look at But I wish I wish I could golf like him. But I oh, can't. I bet you. I loved, I used to love watching Lee Trevino golf. He was one of my faves. Yeah, 60 years ago, I was in California with my mom and dad and a couple of my brothers. And we pulled into a, uh, like, a, almost like an A&W. It wasn't, but it was a drive up, sort of uh, get your hamburger. And my brother and I got out, was going in the restaurant. And there was this big old white Lincoln, and this is 1959 parked beside us and when we come back out my brother had a a, a Banff t-shirt on and he called us over and here it was Hopalong Cassidy like a lot oh of my gosh. Who Hopalong. <laughs> yeah and uh, he was sitting there and he gave us a couple of coins it was uh, a good luck coin from Hopalong and of course I've lost it since then and he had this beautiful uh, peroxide blonde bald a blonde lady sitting with him so of course a lot of people didn't believe that how could you see somebody like that when you just just went for a visit well uh, that's the only one that other than that other than the odd sports guys that's about the limit of my expectations well bruce thank you for sharing your story i appreciate it Okay. Have a great day. We'll head on. Just before we get to our next guest, Don's been patiently holding for almost 10 minutes. Don, what's your story? Afternoon, Jaylen. Gord, how are you? Good? Oh, Gord's gone already. It's just me now, oh. Don, but I'm good. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. Um, do you recall back in the days um, when they used to have freelance photographers walking the streets and taking your picture and, and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a picture of me with my father, Doris Day, and myself, and they were swinging me. <laughs> really? Yeah, just outside of Woodwards. It would be about 1961, 62. Oh, my gosh. But I still have the picture. I'd have to dig it up and, 
Actually, I think I will and send it to you. It's hilarious. Yeah, if you can send me a copy of that, uh, absolutely. Jaylin at 630ched.com. I'd love to see it. You should take that out and frame it. Yeah, actually, well, I've often thought about doing something with it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know it's sitting in a box in the basement. So, yeah. Very cool, Don. Thanks for sharing your story. Cheers. Take care now. Uh, so if you have, again, this started with our conversation with Gord about uh, him being mistaken for Bill Clinton and Blake Shelton um, when he was down in San Francisco uh, over the weekend. If, you know, if you look like somebody, if you've been told you look like somebody, let me know. If you've run into someone famous while traveling, I would love to hear that as well. Now, during our conversation with Gord, Gord was talking about, you know, walking on the streets of San Francisco and seeing all of the, um, the, the you know, just... Uh, up and down the roads and people were sitting there there was you know um you know, men and women with you know just needles hanging out the uh, the drug addiction and just witnessing that firsthand in san francisco now we know here at home as we sk- switch gears here a bit the opposition ndp still looking for some answers after addictions minister jason luan um, who's been appointed to review supervised consumption sites in the province questioned them in a tweet on tuesday night the now deleted tweet wondered how much of of the so-called evidence-based research is funded by multi-billion dollar pharma industry. I'm going to play this report by Global's Tom Vernon setting it all up. Every day in Alberta, two people die of an opioid overdose. 653 lives were lost in 2017. Last year, that number rose to 789. Premier Jason Kenney appointed Jason Luan as an associate minister to specifically tackle this crisis. He's launched a review into supervised consumption sites, and there are some concerns about how he intends to move forward. It started with an editorial in Calgary that had a lot of misinformation about supervised consumption and its role in terms of helping people long-term. That column was by Rick Bell, entitled Drug Sites No Answer, says Alberta's addictions boss. It speaks of social disorder surrounding the supervised consumption sites and suggested Luan would pull funding from sites with a, quote, nasty impact on the population. Petra Schultz took to Twitter to denounce the article and Associate Minister Luan responded. In a since-deleted tweet, Luan said existing reviews never referenced the impacts of supervised consumption sites to surrounding communities and businesses and even questioned how much of the, quote, so-called evidence-based research is funded by the multi-billion dollar pharma industry. Schultz was stunned by the response. I have never seen any big pharma attached to research surrounding supervised consumption side because, frankly, there is no big money in it. Luan wasn't made available for an interview. In a statement, his press secretary said the minister didn't intend to prejudge the review in any way. He's committed to a robust analysis of the impacts on local communities and making decisions based on the evidence. The NDP believes the evidence on Jason Luan suggests otherwise. He has a very clear bias that he represented yesterday around the fact that he doesn't believe safe consumption sites are part of the recovery system. Alberta has seven sites in operation. Three others are approved and awaiting funding. The fate of all of them rests on Associate Minister Luan's review. And that is Global's Tom Vernon. Now, opposition Deputy House Leader Heather Sweet is also the MLA for Edmonton Manning, also the critic for mental health and addictions. She joins us now. Ms. Sweet, thank you for joining us uh, on the show this afternoon. Well, thanks for having me, John. And, and thanks for being patient. I appreciate that. Now, the tweet has been deleted. Um, uh, his, uh, the minister's spokesperson, as you know, says he didn't intend to prejudge the review in any way. Yesterday, you said you didn't. Uh, you, you, you thought it evident that he had already prejudged and that there was some bias there. You still feel that way today? I do still feel that way. I, you know, the 
This has been an ongoing conversation that we've been having uh, within the house and, and within the community and across Alberta around these safe consumption sites. And I've repeatedly asked the Associate Minister, um, Jason Luong, about what he plans on doing and what this government's plan is around the review of the safe consumption sites. He's refused to answer those questions, and I think the big issue now is that we see him going on social media with a clear bias around these sites, mm. and so I continue to have lots of questions around that. Hey, Heather, what do we know about this review? Where does it stand? Has it started? Who's running it? Who's being a part of it? Do we know anything about this yet? Well, and that's the problem, is that we don't know what, what the, the associate minister is doing or what this government is doing. They, they won't tell us who's on the review. They won't tell us if the review has even started. And they're not, even, they're not telling us what it's even going to encompass. So at this point, there's still a lot of questions around what direction this government plans on taking, specifically around safe consumption sites, but also just mental health and addictions. Given what you saw in that tweet, given what you saw in the in in the the statement from his spokesperson, do you believe that maybe someone else should be in charge of that review? Well, I think that the minister very clearly demonstrated a bias um, around the safe consumption sites. I think the big question that we have here is. Um, when he does announce the review, will he be honest about who's on it? And how do we believe that the academics and the experts that he's saying are the experts in this field are people that um, he's going to actually listen to? Because he obviously believes they're being influenced by somebody else. There are um, lots and there have been concerns raised um, about, um, you know, those who say that the uh, the neighborhoods where these sites are, are being ignored, not being listened to, that there's, uh, there's some crime issues there and and uh, that the sites are you know um, you know influencing some social disorder what do you say to those those communities those folks in those communities who are worried about that so I'm I mean I'm sympathetic to those communities I I worked in the inner city um, before I was elected at Boyle Street specifically mm-hmm. and so I understand the community I understand the stress that that some of these communities are under. But that's why it's so important that as governments, and this government specifically, that they look at strengthening the supports and the resources around these communities. Removing safe consumption sites is not going to address the issues that the community is facing. Mm. In fact, it's just gonna make the issue worse because people won't have a place to go. So Ms. Sweet, is there a better way that we can better support those communities? Well, and I think that's part of the consultation and part of the review that this minister needs to have is that what kind of resources and supports can be offered? Is it housing to support people to have a place to go? Is it looking at income supports? Is it looking at different and expanding on the already existing mental health and addiction resources to support individuals? So what happens next on your front with this? Just, uh, you know, keep press- pressuring, keep watching, keep pushing to make sure that, um, you know, <laughs> I guess uh, the opposition uh, side of this is heard? Well, and it's not just the opposition side. I mean, this is about supporting Albertans. This is support about supporting communities and families that are impacted by this opiate crisis. And we have a responsibility to continue to have this conversation. This isn't something that 
we can just look at and and ignore. We have a responsibility to take care of each other in this mm-hmm. province. And so we will continue to ask this minister to make sure that supports are in place that keep our community safe, but also save people's lives, because ultimately that's what these sites do. Now, you said you worked uh, in the Boyle Street, uh, in the, at, at Boyle Street in that community. So you witnessed this firsthand. And, you know, we I've talked, I've interviewed uh, numerous folks about uh, about the, the success stories of them. Can you share what you saw and what you witnessed firsthand? So for me, I believe in the in the community of the inner city. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is a culture and a community that exists there. Everybody knows each other's names. Mm-hmm. There, there is a caring compassion by the staff that that work in these agencies that understand the dynamics. Um, you get to know people that live in the inner city, and I think it's really important that we understand that there are relationships and. That, that these people that agencies develop with people that they're serving and it's coming from a place of caring and mm-hmm. and that's why these safe consumption sites are so important because they develop relationships with people that are struggling with mental health and addictions and they help them move through the recovery process without these supports these people would be isolated they would be alone and nobody would be taking care of them and so these agencies are extremely important and um I mean, ultimately, again, it's about taking care of our neighbors and taking care of our communities and keeping people alive. Um, there are seven sites uh, in operation across the province right now. Three are approved, and uh, we're waiting uh, to hear on funding um, for those. And it's kind of based, and it is based on on this review. Have you heard anything from uh, the seven that are running right now? Those those other three that are on hold about how they're feeling about everything. Well, I think, I mean, the agencies are going to continue to provide the supports and services that they've been asked or that they, that they know they need to provide. I mean, I, there's uncertainty in the community. People are worried. People are scared um, about what's going to happen to these, these supports and resources. I mean, ultimately, the people that are working in these agencies, again, care about the people that they're serving. And there's been numerous lives saved because of these, these agencies, mm-hmm. and they want to be able to continue to do that work. Heather Sweet is the MLA for Edmonton Manning, the opposition deputy house leader and critic for mental health and addictions. Heather, thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thank you so much. Uh, We'll be keeping a a close eye on that review as well. We'll take a break here. More of your comments coming up right after this. Hearing uh, this afternoon, we'll have more details coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, Global News has learned that the... uh, Federal Liberals have reached a deal to compensate the plaintiffs in a class action lawsuit alleging sexual misconduct in the Canadian forces. Uh, The settlement comes more than four years after a former Supreme Court justice released a landmark report identifying what she called an underlying sexualized culture in the military that was hostile to women and to LGBTQ2 members. And Randy Kilburn will have more on this one coming up at the top of the area. top of the uh, hour. Thanks again to um, Heather Sweet for joining me on the show this afternoon. Before that, we'd been talking with Gord Steinke and having some fun. You guys were calling in too at 4960063 when he was away in San Francisco. He had um, mistakenly been, I don't know, identified or some folks thought that he uh, looked like Bill Clinton, number one, and number two, Blake Shelton, the country music singer, Blake Shelton. And uh, his wife had gone to the bathroom, came back. There was a whole bunch of people standing around and said it was really kind of awkward. Um, But I was asking you if you'd been mistaken for somebody or number two, who 
have you met while traveling um, that would be considered famous? The famous person that you've met while traveling. Um, a whole bunch of your texts coming in this afternoon. Uh, TC says, I ran into Eddie Jackman, an old Rangers Detroit goaltender on the subway in New York about five years ago. Vic says, on a flight uh, back from Vancouver, I got to sit beside Gabrielle Miller. She played Lacey in Corner Gas. She was very nice and chatty. So here's my other question, because I, I, I never know really what to do if you when you bump into somebody who's who's famous do you do you just say hi and kind of keep on going do you go up and say hi and want to have a conversation with them do you say hi don't want to bother you but can i do you have you know what are those parameters that you put around it for the most part if i see anybody it's just like hi and just keep on going um I, I think it's kind of, you know, okay, well, there they are, but I don't want to interrupt them. Um, ran into Emerald Legacy at the Hotel McDonald here a couple of years ago when the Women's World Cup was coming through town. Uh, he was traveling across the country with one of his chefs from um, from one of the restaurants in, in New Orleans, and I had kind of walked into the Confederation room. Jim and I, my husband and I, were were there for the week, for just for dinner or something like that. And I looked over, and I'm like, oh, that's Emerald Legassi. I love New Orleans. And I kind of looked at him, and I smiled. And he kind of almost nodded and, you know, said, you know, it's okay to come over. So went over, you know, said hi. We talked about New Orleans for a little bit and, and about soccer for a little bit. But then I'm like, I'm out of here. Didn't want to, didn't want to bug him. I probably took too much time of his time to begin with but curious to know how you deal with that and for those of you i'm guessing that we're here during that you know the oilers playoff days when you ran into those guys you know at the bars all the time i mean you know some of those stories must be absolutely incredible but anyway who have you run into who have you bumped into uh famous four nine six zero zero six three you can text me at six thirty six thirty. um this text says a friend of mine met meatloaf in Hawaii years ago. I'm not even sure if I, if, if meat, I, and I love meatloaf's music. I'm not even sure if, if meatloaf walked into this office, I would recognize him. I might, but I'm not sure I would recognize him. Uh, James says he met Bruce Willis at an airport in a Callowit, in a Callowit of all places, in uh, 1995. Lucas says, Jay, when I was traveling and lived in Oxford, England, I worked at a restaurant. One of the regulars was Mr. Bean and his families came and family came in all the time. Always requested the worst table way in the back, right by the kitchen. My guess is that uh, it was so everyone would leave him alone. Um, I met Don Cherry. What a character. I met Don Cherry at a Dallas in Dallas at a Stars game. All I could stutter out was, Hi, Mr. Cherry, I'm Jason from Prince Albert. He says to me as we shook hands, Saskatchewan tough boy. That's what I'm talking about. That's Jason uh, now from Edmonton. Thanks for the text, Jason. Um, in the 80s, yeah, we were talking about that. I uh, just mentioned that in the 80s when I was in the, in the bars, people would come up and uh, say, Do I know you? Then I'd say, Yeah, I'm Paul Coffey. But I wasn't. <laughs> um, and then I ran into Ron Jeremy at Mandalay Bay in Vegas. Got a great picture. Don't even want to know about it. Uh, I met Leonard Cohen a few years ago when he was walking through the Weston Hotel in Edmonton. That's Amber. Amber says he was a super nice guy. We'll take a quick break here. Come back with more of your texts right after this. 
As we head to the 3 o'clock news, just a couple more texts. Uh, this one says, I met Halle Berry uh, while she was shooting Catwoman in Surrey, B.C. Mm, she's she's a beautiful woman. Um, Lori says, I, I worked at the Meadowlark movie theater years ago when I was 15 and I met uh, Jamie Farrell off MASH because he was part of the wind-up party when Cannonball Run movie was playing in our theater. Very cool. Clinger. And this one, my, my wife and I met the cast from pa- Pawn Stars at Caesars Palace in Vegas. The show was really new at that point. The guys couldn't believe people in Canada were watching it, had a drink with them. And got some great pictures. Thanks for sharing, everybody. News headlines up next.